1: You come and get it every day, and we're glad to have you with us. 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst on a Wednesday morning. It's the hump day. Seven days in a week. This is where we get over the hump, and we start to roll downhill toward the start of the NFL season. A Thursday night clash, and then, of course, at FedEx Field, the Gladiators from Jacksonville encounter the Warriors. That's what we wanted to name them, from Washington. <laughs> But instead, we're taking command coming up this Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good morning, everybody. Russell's on the other side of this board. I'm here. Matty Ice in the booth, all enclosed by himself. He's quarantined because the booth makes him. He's not quarantined by COVID. But he can see us. He's so special. He has a booth
2: to himself. He just waved in in a certain way. For those of you that remember... Forrest For those Gump. of you that remember Forrest Gump, yeah, right. When when Forrest is just like on the, boat. the yeah, absolutely. And he, in a way, if you look at him closely, if you look at him closely, he's got some resemblance at times. Wow, to Forrest Gump in that Matt, movie at times, Matt, not Matt, a, not at Matt all and times. Matt Tom Hanks, oh Matt, looking like Tom Hanks. I mean, he's is got that, the he's got the bankroll of Tom Hanks the, from what the, he the, told me. I mean, the, he is a big time spending. Does the, that
1: mean you're Lieutenant Dan? Are you Lieutenant Dan, Chris? Well,
2: you know, I'm definitely not Jenna. <laughs> I know that. Um,
1: Jenny <laughs> yeah, was, Jenny was enjoying movie. some great substances <laughs> in her life <laughs> at that time. It was heartbreaking, man, because yeah. we all thought, all right, this is going to be the perfect love story yeah. Forrest And Jenna are going to come back around and, you know, everything's going to be all hunky-dory. And, you know, it didn't happen. Life is like a box of chocolates. That's right. I got shot in my buttocks. Would you like to see it? There you go. That's, a, that's one of the great movies of all time. Oh, I love that Tom movie. Tom Hanks is, I mean, look, Tom Hanks is one of the top five performers oh, in the industry. I mean, absolutely. it's just all absolutely. the great roles um, that he's played. In terms of performers, Chase Young's supposed to be one of the top five performers for the Washington Commanders. And at some point, he still likely will be. But now, you know, I mean, here comes another uh, mild distraction from Mike Jarecki about something that happened back in July. Or whatever with chase young um here first of all give me all of chase young going to von miller for help about being a pass rusher Mm -hmm. i'm all in on that Mm -hmm. because what's everybody told him you need more moves you need to do more okay what better guy to learn from than a guy that's one of the leaders in sacks in the national football league every year uh and now of course the complimentary story to that was oh yeah he may have aggravated re-aggravated uh you know his knee injury uh while doing so if you believe this report by mike
2: jerecki do you believe this report by mike Jurecki? okay so here here's what i what i believe i believe it's possible possible that there was indeed some sort of aggravation setback i am not going to rule it out like everyone else has just because that's what some person <clears throat> and you can take your guesses as to who that person is said no 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 nothing to see here no, nothing to look at over here it's absolutely categorically untrue okay that's fine you can say that you can you can do all that it it, it th- that has not been there has not been a 100% track record for that type of situation okay nothing to see here don't look over here guys don't ask any questions don't don't think anything's there uh, uh, uh. And then we find out the reality later on. That being said, what aggravated me about this, and I got into it with a couple of fans, go figure, okay? And everybody hates me now. Uh, Well, I I shouldn't say everybody. There's a small percentage of this fan base that thinks – I still haven't said anything positive about the Commanders football team, Walruses, Redskins, <laughs> in in 15 years, okay? Uh, it's an idiotic part of the fan base, but it is a part of the fan base, right? They're so mad at their team. They're so mad at their owner. They're so mad at their own ineptitude. They're so mad at themselves because they can't quit or they can't change or they can't root for a team that actually, like, is functional uh, most of the time that they hate on the media. They hate on me. They think, you know, it's all a vendetta, power trip, whatever. That being said, I got into it with a couple of fans because what happened was the report, at least that I saw from Bleacher Report, which was basically off of a couple of tweets from Jarecki, who I've known, I've known Mike for 12 years. I mean, we, you know, he used to work for our local Arizona radio station, used to be on his radio show all the time. I've run into him at Arizona Washington games. I mean, I I don't know him well. We're not bad best buddies or anything like that but we're professional colleagues right I've never known Mike to be one of these like you know just gossipy type uh mm-hmm. rumor mongers you know that just throws anything against the wall I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he he didn't do something maybe off or wrong here but what struck me immediately and what got my and I'm not the only one I won't speak for anybody else but my phone knows who else who else? also thought the same exact thing, which was what you mentioned. The Von Miller, Chase Young, pass rush camp thing, whatever, that happened at the end of June, okay? End of June. The story only said recently. It did not say at the end of June. It did not say since at the end of July. The team went out of their way to our colleague J.P. Finley, and to um who gets jo- everything, and, and to Jordan Schultz, mm-hmm. who also has some pretty good connections, mm-hmm. formerly of Yahoo and ESPN. And you can think whatever you want to think about who it is and whatever. I, I don't I, I don't care. I, I have my own beliefs, whatever. It's not none of my business. They went out of their way to completely squash that and say, no, 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 no. Chase has been with us since the start of training camp. Which is in July. Which is in the end of July. Right. Nobody was disputing that it happened, allegedly, at the end of July. What happened here, I believe, is that Bleacher Report, through Jarecki's reporting, didn't specify that the Von Miller camp was at the end of June. So I went and I said, well, wait a second, I've seen pictures about this. So I just simply did a Google search before I started going back and forth on Twitter. I said... Is this the the camp that we're talking about? Is this the time frame? Because this is late June. That doesn't match up with late July, which is what the team is saying to JP, Jordan, Schultz, and God knows who else, about, no, 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 Chase hasn't had a, a setback, and Chase has been with us since the end of July. Well, again, if we're talking about the Von Miller, Chase Young pictures, workouts, whatever football camp, pass rushing camp, pizza camp, pizza party, whatever it is. Well, that was at the end of June. So is it possible, I asked on Twitter, I said, is it possible that the timeline is just not meshing here where Vaughn and Chase worked out together and whatever you want to call it at the end of June, Pete, and that something did happen, possible, maybe a slight setback, maybe a major setback, I have no idea. Is it possible that that happened and that Chase has been with the team since July 24th or 25th when camp opened up. And I the answer I mean, to both that to of me those, is yes. Well,
1: both of those can be factual based on the – I mean, look, if we're in a court of law and we're putting together a case, both of those statements can be factual. I mean, th- the timeline represents that. So, I mean, look, let's face it. We've known – that Chase has been rehabbing away from the facility before training camp. Yes. We knew that. I mean, he had been in Denver. I mean, that's the uh, everybody. Everybody knows that. The question ultimately is: is you know how big of a setback was it, if at all? And now that he's been with you know allegedly Al Bellamy and the team since he got back here, you know, really how much did it uh, you know impair his rehab uh, to getting back? you know, here at the, the, the start of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that, I mean, I I still don't believe he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Not a hundred percent, but you know, certainly it puts doubt in your mind. uh, You know, if he's had a setback of any kind, but the question is, Hey, where does Jarecki get this from? And why now?
2: I mean, I, that, that I don't know. I haven't talked to Mike specifically. I, I, I need to reach out to him. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm just saying what, why now? Yeah. So. I, I mean, I know he went back and forth with a couple of, like, fan insider type people, you know, like Chad Ryan, uh, who's over in Australia, and uh, uh, my buddy Andrew, who's a diehard skin... Commanders fan, whatever, based up in New York and they sent me stuff about correspondence with Mike Jarecki and he shut them down and he was laughing at them. Listen, I'm not telling you Mike Jarecki is is 100% in lock sync here. I'm not telling you that. I am telling you that the Mike Jarecki I know is not irresponsible, uh, at least based on every bit of evidence that I had. Now, you can always get a story wrong. You can always get told something that just simply isn't true. And this notion that everybody checks with two and three and four sources... Bull crap. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Trust it's me. It certainly in I the know Twitter look. And
1: I'll, I'll say this in the Associated Press age of things, people checked with multiple sources. Since Twitter has become our wire service, nobody checks with another source.
2: I, I wouldn't say that they don't check with another source.
1: Responsible people, ninety percent of responsible reporters check with another source. Mm-hmm. Some people, though, do feel comfortable in their source
2: to just report based on that source. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Listen, I'm going to tell you flat out, okay? There were times, plenty of times, uh, I'm just going to raise my right hand and be honest. I didn't check with a second source. You know why? Because of just what you mentioned. If the guy, like, there's been guys that have fed me a lot of stuff, okay? And if their track record was almost impeccable with me. You know, I, I, eventually you trust them enough where you, you think they're not telling you something to set you up to look bad or to for for individual gain or, or whatever it was. They were just telling you stuff because, A, you asked, or, B, they trusted you, or, C, they wanted it out. Or, you know, again, a lot of times these people wouldn't come to me. I would go to them, but they would always answer and say, yeah, uh, such and such just got cut. We just cut, you know, whoever. And that's how I got a lot of stuff. Right, and people can think whoever that is, whatever we all have theories, and again, it does not matter who it is in this particular case that is disseminating information to JP, to Jordan Schultz, to other reporters. I don't know if other reporters are involved in this or not. I'm sure they are. Uh, I haven't, but I, 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 I would just say this, Pete. I would just say this: the timeline from the original report is where this all got wonky, and. The timeline, as far as I can see, has not been has not been proven to be wrong or to eliminate one hundred percent the fact that something didn't happen. I feel like I'm in Law and Order. Well, based,
1: based on the timeline, but we cannot eliminate this man as a potential witness or a potential uh, person at the crime scene. Were but, you but, potentially there in June?
2: All right, but think yes, about. I was. Think about this. Okay, where's Vaughn's camp at? All right. Uh, in Denver, I oh, believe, which is, where, which is where he was rehabbing. Okay, right? there we go. So we're and, starting to put the facts and together. And again, we have pictures, right? And that's the off time. There is no team functions. Everyone's gone on vacation at that Correct. time. Al Bellamy's not at the facility seven days a week, 20 hours a day, waiting for Chase Young to show up at the damn door. So, Chase, I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong by participating. To your point, hey, if you can learn from the great Von Miller, learn from the damn great Von Miller. You know, Learn a counter move. Learn the proper path, the proper angle, the proper bend, the proper everything. Learn whatever you've got to learn. The question for me becomes when the team just tries to shut things down, because they don't want to deal with it, they don't buy it, they don't believe it, they don't want a big problem, and they say, "Here, guys, here, 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 here." He's been with us since the end of training camp, or since the beginning of training camp. Well, again, that's great, that's, that's awesome. A, that's I believe just a that statement, it, it, right? But, but I don't. But that doesn't necessarily eliminate what happened right, at the end of the June. Timeline doesn't
1: add up for for what they said. You know, if they would have said, "Hey, he's been here without Bellamy rehabbing." since the first of June or something like that. That's one thing. That eliminates this uh, in some way. However, there are pictures of him obviously being there yeah, um, You know, available. And, and again, I mean, here's the here's the awkward part of this. We're talking about a football player It's not playing this week. No. We're talking no. about a guy that's not playing this but, week. But so, all, too,
2: all too often, Pete, that's what happens around here. We talk about stuff that ultimately doesn't matter because there's so many people that have so many sauces and so many reports mm-hmm. and pressure to put something out or you hear something or you get something. And I know this has been a challenge. I, again, I'm going to raise my right hand. This has been a challenge for me, guys. I mean, Pete. How many times do I tell you something that I've heard? Oh yeah. Okay, that I don't mention on the radio because I don't have a way to prove it, and I'm not going to be reckless and irresponsible. Well, I don't know if Jarecki's being reckless and irresponsible here. My my guess, my question question would be that he's
1: not. Well, my question is: is who did he get it from? I don't know who is he who is he getting this from? And you know what's the significance of it? I mean, that's the only thing. I mean. I, that's the thing that gets me is is why now why September now I mean did he just find this out you know in the last day or two he had to there's no way you're hold on to this if you've known this since June but why would you hold on to it this long Um, you know our guy Disco to, you know tweeting too that you know he had video of Chase at the open practice
2: working with a lineman and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no limp, no nothing. So Right. But people say he was limping on the sidelines at Ohio State the other night, right? I, I mean impossible. I didn't I, I didn't see that. I only saw him like a picture of him coming out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I'm not studying Chase Young's knee, limp, what gate, whatever there's you know, be, when look, he's at first Ohio of all, State.
1: Coming back from this type of injury, there's gonna be a gate issue.
2: Right. Probably
1: for a little while. Sure, sure. And
2: we all all understand that Chase isn't coming back at 100% whenever he comes back. And there's no guarantee that he's coming back for week five, as you and I have discussed, over and over and over again, especially with the fact that week five is, oh, hey, build up to Tennessee. That's three practice days. And then, oh, by the way, week six is a short week at Chicago where they're literally going to have walkthroughs and two days of walkthroughs, and that's about it. It's going to be a more mental preparation uh, week or whatever. Again, I love Disco, right? I'm sure he's got a great video, uh, awesome. But as he points out, you know, not not full drills, right? I, I right. mean, I, I, Chase Young, I've seen it. Chase Young can stand around and, like, sort of, kind of participate in mental reps or whatever. But there's a huge difference between being ready to play football and not. Here's the one thing that also struck me, and you tell me whether this is crazy. All offseason, Pete, there was no mention from the team, no concern from the team, no nothing from the team. And, and they didn't have to, but it would have been nice if they did to say, hey, guys, listen, this was a major, major surgery. It required a very complex set of circumstances, torn, they didn't have to say torn patella, which somebody leaked to Jordan Schultz about a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to tell the story of how they had to go into his other leg, into his other, they didn't have to get specific. But not once can I recall, beyond the obvious just, hey, like, you know, this was a major injury, which, duh, we all knew, not once can I recall, from the time Chase Young had surgery at some point in late November, did I ever remember hearing or or thinking that Chase Young had such a complex surgery that he was not going that there was no chance he was going to be ready for week 1. And then all of a sudden Chase explained it at the end of May, early June that they had to go into the other leg and people started realizing, oh, okay. Well, maybe this is why, you know, he's been in Colorado okay, fine. But people still thought he was going to be ready for week 1, Pete. Like, there were people that still thought he was going to be clear to open up training camp. I never thought he would be clear to open up camp, but I did think, and I know we discussed, hey, Chase will probably be there for week one, most likely there for week one, unless he has problems or whatever. See,
1: because we've been trained now, it's just like Tommy John surgery in baseball. Guys come back sooner than ever, throwing 150 miles an hour, and because of the quality of ACL repair, uh, we've been, you know, spoiled to the fact that some guys do get back in right. eight or nine months and some have come back from Achilles tendons in six months like can't Yeah, year. absolutely. That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Okay, but, but, that's but that's just a the once point. A, that's once in a blue moon that somebody really accelerates uh, the process. But once he told us, once he talked about how involved this was and them going over into the other leg, uh, you know, to help out the other one, you knew this is probably going to be a little bit
2: longer yes. process. But but until Ron, the eve of training camp, said, guys, look, Chase is the furthest away, no message like that ever came from Ron or anyone in the commander's organization. And, may, and again, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe they didn't have to do that. But if they would have expressed, like, some sort of, like, more public concern or more public like, hey, guys, be patient. This was a big-time surgery. This was not your average ACL. I think people would have understood it more. So the question becomes is whether they, whether they thought he was going to be ready for week one, probably, maybe, likely, and yet because, allegedly, something happened that set it back. We don't know that part. Now, again, the team, to your point, is disputing that notion, that there was no setback, that he's been with them since the end of July. Okay? We have to believe what, what they're spewing. All I would say is, again, the timeline of the passing camp doesn't match up, number one, and number two, the the team hasn't always been forthcoming. I don't want to say they. Ne- I don't want to say they don't tell the truth, but I do want to say, and I do want to point out, and I think this is fair: that team and the Nationals are the uh, to the s- same degree. Teams do not like to be forthcoming with medical updates and injury uh, situations, and a lot of times they tell you what you th- they think you want to hear, and don't realize that it's going to come back to burn them. So. That that's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm sticking to. I
1: mean, I mean, does it really burn them? They if they've already known that the player wasn't going to be available, are they really being burned by it. They're just telling. Well, what if they just what, telling but, the media? But, but what, what if they
2: didn't know? Something. That that's what I'm saying. What if they didn't know until something potentially happened? I mean, what you, if they didn't? Do know? you think that Ron and Al Bellamy
1: don't know if Chase has had a setback at something back in June?
2: No, no, not that they didn't know then. What I'm saying is if they didn't know before the alleged, the reported setback happened that they were expecting him to be ready to go at some point in the preseason and for week one, and then all of a sudden your trajectory changes. And these are, let me, here's the other thing.
1: These things are usually public events. So if Chase looks like he's in any distress there at all, you don't think anyone would have seen that and said, hey, you know, because usually stuff like you know, uh, a player's camp and all that stuff gets media coverage in the local market and stuff yeah. like that. So you don't think that that you mean nobody saw Chase in any distress if that's occurred? It, it could. It could. It
2: could have. I mean, I it's guess. A fair look,
1: the be, The best part too is. The, the best part in terms of injury evaluation is usually the next day. If something happens, yeah. you know, coaches, you know, just like when pitchers throw on the side, it's not how they feel right now. It's how they feel the next day right. after they've thrown, right. things of that nature. Right. And maybe the next day is when Chase, you know, felt some soreness, if at all, here. But I'm just saying these things are public events, and Chase Young is pretty – is pretty identifiable, he's right. the number two pick in the draft. He's a pretty easy guy to pick
2: out, but not every workout, not every encounter, not every no, element I understand that. I understand is a that public event,
1: but, but this stuff has a way of finding it to even higher reaches. You know, no one's more plugged in in, in Denver, Colorado news than Adam Schefter, he always has been. Um, you know, a Mike Kliss, somebody like that. I mean. This stuff. I mean, look. Maybe Jarecki got lucky, and and somebody was there say, "Oh yeah, you know, Chase on the IR." But you know, back here in Denver, he was at Von, with Von Miller, and uh, you know, looked like he had a setback uh, during a workout or something like that. He May- hurt himself. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what Mike is going with here. I don't know, but something with someone of the popularity, certainly in this market, uh, and a guy like like Chase Young. I just think that would have come out sooner if it was a bigger deal. Like in other words, I don't I don't know how big of a deal if this is. Maybe if he's not ready by like game nine, then maybe we cycle back to this and say to Ron, hey, maybe this was a bigger deal. But um we'll have to we'll have to obviously play it by the timeline now to see when he gets back in terms of helping this football team. One thing we know is He's not helping the football team this week, except being a cheerleader on the sidelines. As for what's going on, the team has captains. We'll tell you who gets the C's when we return. It's Russell and Medhurst. We're rolling on a Wednesday, 301-230-0980. Reach us on Twitter, at Russellmania621, at Pete Medhurst. And, of course, stream us live for free anywhere you go with the Odyssey app. 301 come aboard with us. You can chime in on whether the Chase Young situation is a big deal or not. We've got captains. So many captains. So many C's. Maybe this is part of the issue. they got too much leadership. Defensive captains.
2: Wait, wait. Can that be a thing?
1: Why not? I mean, why can't I guess it could
2: be, right? If you have too many. What's the old adage? If you have too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever, right? Yeah. Is that the is that the adage? Uh, too many, too, too many. I mean, too many cooks spoil
1: the broth. Yeah, I, basically yeah. the same
2: same thing, right? No one I mean, butchers cliches
1: ha- more than
2: Chris. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I would I would admit I am the the president of that whatever club that is. Uh, I I am Abdullah the butcher when it comes to that. There is no next thing
0: you know he calls the chicken police on me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're gonna call the chicken police on me for a lot of other things too. I Um, love it. But all right, so you don't. So you you think it's possible to have too many captains? I in football I don't know if if it is just because of the high rate of injury. And what I mean by that is we saw. That actually opened the door for Terry McLaurin and Chase Young late in Chase's rookie year and in Terry's second year because of injuries to guys that were voted, anointed, whatever the process was, captains early in 2020, because they were declared out, then they had to fill those spots. So if you have more captains, theoretically, at the start of the season... Uh, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and they named a bunch of alternate captains already. Then it seems to be kind of like a a seamless process. M- maybe there isn't too many thing. Uh, maybe there isn't anything such as too many captains in football because of how vicious the sport can be. Uh, the captains are, by the way, offensive captains.
1: Carson Wentz. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and Charles Leno. Meanwhile, representing the defense, Cole Holcomb, Kendall Fuller, Jonathan Allen, and representing special teams, he is the master of disaster, the man who punts it higher than the sky. He's a hero, Tress Way. Or uh, Trees Way,
2: as one reporter <laughs> called him. Who did? <laughs> I don't want to call anybody out. <laughs> it's just funny; it made me laugh. Is it a broadcaster? No, 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 oh. no. Some, just so a, a local scribe. I don't want to call him out. People can find it. Uh, but the alternates, and this was interesting, right? The alternates, as we were just kind of mentioning, I don't remember them anointing alternate captains. We have alternate
1: captains in uh, hockey, remember? Right? They
2: they do, but but there's one captain in hockey, i.e. Ovechkin, and then they have alternate or assistant captains, i.e. you know Nick Backstrom, John Carlson, Tom Wilson, what have you. But it's not like there's uh, what you just listed eight guys, right? There's eight guys, four on offense. Leno, Thomas, McLaurin, Wentz, three on defense, and Tree's Way. Okay? So you have four offense, three defense, and Tree's Way for the special teams. Uh, So that's 4-3-1. But I don't remember them at the beginning of the season. And, again, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty good with this stuff. I don't remember them naming alternate captains, but again, what happened in 2020, and I think what happened at some point last year, but I'd have to look it up, but I know what happened in 2020, they didn't have an alternate captain. They didn't name alternate captains. So when guys went down with season-ending injuries, they looked around and said, oh, yeah, Terry McLaurin, him, You know that guy, be great? he's a good leader. <laughs> you know what's going to be great? Are they going to go out to
1: the center of field with eight guys? Every game to call the coin toss. I guess eight Maybe. dudes, man. We might as well look. We might as well do what like high school teams do. Send two or three guys out to the center of the field, and then the other forty kind of come out halfway yeah. and line up, yeah. standing beside each other, uh and do that. Eight dudes. That's a that's a lot of people.
2: I mean, I, and oh, it's usually way. like five or six, isn't right.
1: it? Uh, right. I don't know. Usually, sometimes two, two offense, okay. defense, or I, three I mean, offense, defense, special teams. But
2: I, I got to be honest
1: with you. Uh, I've been to. Look, I mean, captain... you've been
2: to uh, hundreds of games. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, maybe you do because you're the play-by-play broadcaster. I. Li- it's it's the last thing I pay attention to.
1: Well, I mean, we, a lot of times we'll try and take the coin toss live on the mm-hmm. air, just so people can say, uh, gentlemen, this is heads, this is tails. This is Spanky Pondexter from the grocery store down the street. He's our honorary captain today. Right. Mr. Pondexter,
2: please throw that coin in the air. But are, are you – I guess here's the question – as the naval play, as the Navy play-by-play broadcaster, even like for Navy Army mm-hmm. on the broadcast, and, and maybe you do this, and I, I'm not questioning, criticizing, whatever. But do you identify who goes out there for the Naval Academy, who represents them? Yeah, or do you just say, "Here's the coin toss, da 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 da." da let's go down to referee Bill. Yeah, because on the
1: radio, you're mm-hmm. describing the picture for okay. the people; they can't see okay. it. Okay,
2: so therefore, you must describe it. So you identify who goes out for the coin That's toss correct. is my point. Okay, keep I don't that in kn- mind
1: out there, radio broadcasters.
2: I don't know what Bram does. I don't know what Larry. I don't remember what Larry. I, I like. I do remember at times it was notable because you know there were various points of controversy. I guess um, you know where is if 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 a team captain somehow got in trouble. Or was in the Chateau Bow Wow, would he go out there for the coin toss or would he be removed from that? You know, and I can't remember specific examples, but like maybe Donovan McNabb in 2010, uh, maybe Robert, you know, in 2013. I don't know when he was benched with the Atlanta, you know, starting with the last three games. I can't remember exactly the deals, but there were times where it was notable. But for the most part, I just don't give a hoot. Now, it is important, again, it is important to have, like, some acknowledgement that, hey, you know what? These are perceived to be the guys that are the biggest leaders, right, on our team, the guys mm-hmm. that are supposed to rally the troops. Here's my question to you. Is Carson Wentz being named the captain important or unimportant? And important, I say, because of the past criticisms and the questions and all of that surrounding his leadership, his being a great teammate, his being awkward, whatever, or is it no big deal because pretty much in almost every scenario that I remember, the perceived starting quarterback is a captain, period.
1: I believe it is because Ron has observed Carson with his teammates and has that feedback from his teammates to put him in a position like this. Because, Chris, he hasn't played a game for this football team. He's the only guy on that group that has not played a game for this football team. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, your quarterback must be a leader and and have that respect in the huddle. And perhaps he has already earned that from his teammates, but ultimately that respect and it will be earned starting this week. Training camp, preseason snaps, it's all great until we're starting to collect results. You know, now now we're starting it, now it means something. Now we're now we're trying to take home the mm-hmm. money every weekend here and you know is it is it maybe part of the mental game with Ron and assuring Wentz that he's wanted here and we believe in him sure I think there could be some of that in here because the guy hasn't played a game for you yet so uh, you you know you rarely take a rookie and anoint that person captain when they first come to your team and in this case unless it's like a Peyton Manning or somebody like that you know, I mean, it, it, that that would be a no-brainer if you did that. By the way, the alternate captains, and, and talk about coming a long way for one of these guys. J.D. McKissick is the alternate captain on offense. Mm-hmm. Chase Young is an alternate captain for defense. And our special teams guy, my guy, none other than 3-9. Attaboy, boy.
2: Jeremy Reeves, baby. Congratulations. Now, I, I these are all voted on by players. It is the way usually these teams do mm-hmm. it. And I believe that's how the commanders have done it under Ron Rivera. So maybe they had some ties. Maybe – so instead
1: of breaking maybe. the tie, they just had an extra guy on offense.
2: Or, or – that's what led to the alternate captain thing. Oh, hey, let's you know, let let's not let's not choose one guy over the other. Uh, you know, let's not choose Terry want, McLaurin over 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 J D. McKissick. Let's let's when, you when know, Brad Allen or Ron Torbert or whoever's wa- referee in this game
1: this week comes out to center of the field. I want all eight guys from Washington to yell in stereo in unison: "Tails, we want the ball. We
2: want the ball, Ron. Thank you." Uh, here's a, here's another thing. While you're celebrating Jeremy Reeves and rightfully so for all the good reasons, I mean, I I would say this. No matter who chose this, players vote exclusive, breaking ties, whatever. Chase Young's an alternate captain. So that tells you everything you need to know about I, the guy within his within his yeah. team. I don't I don't think anybody on his in his locker room that I know of questions Chase Young. But to say that. There is no reason for concern right. moving forward physically and developmental-wise right. for Chase Young is absurd because the head coach has said over and over and over again That's that fine. he was concerned.
1: But also, players in the locker room know when a guy is a fraud or not. And if they thought he was a fraud in any way, there's no chance enough of these guys are voting for That's him fair. to That's put fair. him as an alternate captain. Oh, and I as, never and thought he was said, a fraud. Look, and we know coaches lie to us all the time or don't tell us things. But players' actions always speak the truth. And that tells you a lot, in my mind, about the respect that he carries in that locker room with his teammates. And those are the people that he has to answer to every single day. It's not even the coaches or whatever. It's his teammates because his teammates are the one that will tell you by their actions whether they think someone is loafing or Or, you know, a fraud in some way. And I I think this speaks volumes for Mm -hmm. any of you that have any concerns about Chase Young and how his teammates respect him. It speaks volumes in this situation as far as I'm concerned. And until those teammates tell me different, you know, I'm rolling with 99 on this roster and as part of this team. And whether we get him for 10 games, 8 games, or whatever, as long as we get the best of him when that happens... That's what matters, but it's also up to his teammates now to make up for his production because he's not here right now. As for the guys that will be doing that, we'll continue to break that down this week. And we want you to think about this. Coming up in the top of touchdown at 10, one word to describe what you think Carson Wentz's season will be for this team. Think about it. We want you to nurture it. We want you to come up with a good word. And give us your reasoning for it coming up starting at the top of the hour. Matty Ice is ready to take your call. Say hi to him, 301-230-0980. Chris is here right now to tell
2: you what's trending. The Commanders are about two hours away from their first official practice of the 2022 regular season. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, of course, this week, all leading up to kickoff at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday afternoon against Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, as Pete and I have just mentioned. Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Charles Leto, Jonathan Allen, Cole Holcomb, Kendall Fuller, and Tressway, all named captains today. Meanwhile, Chase Young is an alternate captain, along with Jeremy Reeves and J.D. McKissick. If you missed any of our conversation about the wild rumor of a setback and the timeline with Vaughn Miller on Chase Young, we open the show with that, hit the Odyssey Rewind. Uh, we will try and get back into that. Meanwhile, the U.S. Women's National Team were at Audi Field last night here in D.C., and they beat Nigeria 2-1, a 13th straight win, and a go-ahead goal from Rose Lavelle. Maryland native Francis Tiafo. Off the upset of Rafael Nadal will meet number nine seed Andre Rublev, uh, who beat the number seven seed Cameron Norrie the other day at one thirty Eastern time today at the U.S. Open in Queens, and that's what's trending.
1: Touchdown at 10, top of the hour. One word to describe what you think Carson went to it will be this year for Washington. Lots of early Twitter vibe at WrestleMania621 at Pete Medhurst. My man JFC says, calm down, DMV. Remember how the defense played well when Chase went out last year. They played team. Defense in capital letters. Don't get me wrong, Chase is a supreme talent, but this isn't tennis or golf. Rocky Pinnock, Chris, your sources have given you accurate information over multiple regimes. Would make for a great tell all book.
2: Hmm. I think I've, Rocky's
1: on to something there. I,
2: I love Rocky, <laughs> number one. Uh, number two, that, that about- would be a book that might actually get to be published. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I I Um, know people that could get your book published. Yeah, I've thought about... I I, I mean, I've seriously thought about writing not a tell-all book, but just a book that would describe some of the craziness and some of the great, great, great times. Like, I know I bitch and moan a lot. I know I criticize and complain. I know I talk about how chaotic and dysfunctional. Listen... Let me tell you something. Some of the most enthralling, exhilarating moments of my career have happened in this market and around this team. I mean, you've Too many already done the look, wrong reasons, hey, but.
1: I, I'll, be, I'll be the first to tell you, supremely respectful of you, you've already done something I'll never do in my life, and that's work on their broadcast crew. I mean, that's amazing. Well, I wouldn't. I,
2: it's amazing. First of all, they should hire you. Well, dude, I, I, I'm dude. not trying yep. to be disrespectful no, to anybody. They but, should hire you. You're a professional uh, broadcaster. i not. Her-
1: Frank Herzog was my idol when I was a kid. He came to the Board of Education in Anne Arundel County on Reba Road when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 when I quoted him word for word what he said on Riggins' run, on the wi- the Bullets winning the championship, he got this – his eyes lit up he got this gigantic smile on his face and he spent like the next 20 minutes with me talking to me about the industry and that you know he's been one of my idols since I was a kid he was the voice of my childhood because we didn't have baseball i was listening to chuck thompson and bill o'donnell uh, in baltimore and other great radio announcers that i could pick up on a transistor radio at night like you know ernie harwell at wjr in in detroit and you know, getting the Reds broadcasts on WLW and things of that nature, because we didn't have baseball mm-hmm. in Washington, so you had to listen to what you could find sure. uh, back then. But I mean, there was no better education than listening to Chuck Thompson and Bill O'Donnell do baseball uh, back in those days. But Frank was Frank was it for me, and we all thought we we all wanted to be uh, you know Frank's successor uh, when he was uh, when he finally retired, uh, even though he didn't necessarily retire on his own uh, accord there, but. I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean – Do you know you, I've
2: never talked to Frank Kurzak? I've never really? met him. Yeah. Oh. All this time. Terrific guy. All Just, this time. I've never had the opportunity uh, – um, Look, you know – I mean, I, I know it was a very delicate situation and, and – No and, doubt. You know, with everything. No doubt. So, I, I – I, you know. and, and
1: I – Look, I love my booth. Me, Joe, and Keith, I think, do a great job with Scott and our uh, pre- and post-game coverage at Navy. I, I put our college broadcast up against anybody. You guys do, do tremendous work. But – there was magic in their heyday for those mm-hmm. for those that didn't get a chance to listen to Sonny Sam and Frank in the eighties, especially during those glory years when this team was playing great football. It was just magic every Sunday. And it was it was it wasn't choreographed. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And that was the beauty of of those guys and, and being the voices, you know, of the, the greatest era of football that this team has ever had. And, you know, hopefully one day, you know, Bram and Julie and, you know, whoever's their third, now it's London Fletcher, hopefully they get to describe um, a a run of football here in D.C. Uh, at some point. Because, you know, do you, do you there's nothing. Was- look, when Larry Michael is screaming down the sideline when RG3 is running to the end zone against Minnesota, you couldn't help but no. get... Right. goosebumps, you know, watching that play and listening to that cut uh, because, D- and Dick Stockton was doing it on TV for Fox at that time. But, I mean, it, it's it's there's nothing better than when your team is winning yeah. games. Well, 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 well that that's excitement. just the
2: thing right there, okay? If Frank, Sonny, and Sam did not usher the most successful era of the Washington Redskins, so on and so forth, if they just simply did games over, say, the last 20 or so years, certainly far from the glory days... And they didn't have that connection to the past. They were just a new crew dropped in, and maybe two Hall of Famers, but new crew dropped in. Would they be as beloved as they are were? And, I think and so. Revered.
1: I still think so. Okay. I, mean, I mean, they were they were still amazing. And you learned. The best thing was you learned stuff from Sonny and Sam uh, about offense and defense. Right. You know, even back then. So that was the thing. You listened to those games because you knew you could learn some. That's why. Depending on the game I'm watching, I'll watch a certain game if I know the the color guy in particular is very good because I know he'll teach me something about the game maybe that I haven't I haven't seen or I don't know because I appreciate those kind of nuances. Just to finish up, the social media angle here in the first hour, uh, Commander Jiggas says I got a question for for Disco t- tweet we read earlier. Depending on how the team finishes and where you're where you're picking, would you expend resources to go out and get either Stroud or Young next? because both of those guys have great young talent. I don't know if they go that route, because I think they like Hal, actually, down the road. But
2: Stroud and Young are top-flight talent. You know That would be hard I mean, to walk it, away it from. Would, it would take a three-win season, To I think, they're gonna right win now. More than, right, they're going to
1: win more than three games.
2: To be in that neighborhood of not having to make a massive move up for one of those two guys. And Brian, and Brian Young. Why do I think of Brian
1: Young? Because he's the defensive lineman He's
2: playing the National Football and a hall, League. And a Hall of Famer. Yeah. What's the kid at Alabama? Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. It, Bryce Young's kind of slight of frame, right? Six foot, small, uh, a little right? smaller. 185-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range, right? Yeah. So, I mean, is he going like, is he, is he to hold up at the NFL level? We uh, keep saying that about guys, yeah, and yet they do. I mean, I
1: people had that concern about Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's holding true. up fine. Uh, Just to finish Rockies, uh, I don't expect Chase to be 100% this year. They'll pick up the fifth-year option because they don't want to be wrong. Interesting to see what happens after that. Dustin Gold says, Rooster, Young's injury going to set him back a few weeks. As Pete said, once they knew, they took ligaments out of one leg and put in the other. Logically, he wasn't going to be back week one. Our man Bones says, Chase Young is a bust. It's time to move on. Interesting. George Carmi says, I'm no doctor, but I went to training camp when I saw Chase Young do ladder work, hit the individual sled with 90-pound plates and other workouts. Also, uh, Dustin said, I wonder how long this guy was holding out on this story if he got word during Young's workouts with Miller. Sounds like someone tossing a scandal story out there right before the games began, in his opinion. so Should it- we get Tarecki on? I mean, I guess we could at some point. All right. We can try to do I'm, that this week. I'll make a call So about that. We will see. 301-230-0980. You can continue to chime in at WrestleMania 621 and at Pete Medhurst. 10 o'clock hour, touchdown at 10. You know what that means, Carson Wentz. One word to describe his upcoming season, what you think it will be. Let us know. Let's talk about it now. It's game week. The Jaguars are coming in on Sunday, 1 o'clock, FedEx Field. Let's talk about it right now